I'm gonna steal all the valor I want. Call it Manifest Destiny. Hey everybody, welcome <laughs> back to Morgue and Baloney's. <laughs> I am Morgue. And I'm Baloney's. Also known as the ignoble and infamous Nicholas and... Greg. Ori. Fucking Nick. <laughs> How you doing, Fucking man? Fucking Nicholas. Nicholas. I was doing okay. <laughs> I was doing okay. Uh, actually, that's a lie. I was doing pretty bad. Uh, for legal reasons, I can't talk about it. Uh, but imagine you're in a store and you mm-hmm. touch something because, you know, you're in a store and you want to touch a thing. Yeah. And immediately a security guard who's been following you since you walked in goes, uh, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to call the cops. Uh, that's my legal situation right now. Excuse Nick, me? How are you doing? <laughs> what? You can't just say I that. I can't talk about it. Okay. Uh, Put this one under the folder marked evidence. Jeez Louise, I didn't know I was... Uh, the world's famous uh, first ever uh, felonious podcast. <laughs> Probably not true. I'm sure, I'm sure they're podcasts by felons. I, I'm and also, also sure. not a felon. It's just how would we listen to it there in prison? Um, <laughs> they still get computer time. <laughs> Not in California. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I just don't trust. You're in them. Washington. <laughs> Woo! You're not. <laughs> not nope. in California, though. <laughs> Neither of us. <laughs> uh, we kind of struck out on that one. I've been doing uh, all bit. right. Um, Washington back on lockdown for now. So you know, okay. back in back in the hizzy, uh, as as George Bush would say. Um, I just ordered, I got a couple things ordered from, from the, the Amazon, the rainforest. Um, I got my favorite movie, Low. We've talked about it a couple times on this, on this podcast so far. I never shut up about it. It's, uh, my favorite movie of all time. Very limited CD release. So it's, it's been really expensive in the past when I've looked it up, sometimes around a hundred dollars or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the highest bid on eBay is, but I don't really trust eBay. Uh, but I got it for... <laughs> You're right not to. I got it for 20 bucks, which is fucking great. Shipping... That's really good. Eight-ish dollars, that's fine. So, 30, I'd pay 30 for this CD in a heartbeat, and I did. Nice. DVD, sorry, they're different things. Quote they are. Uh... It was uh, it was bothering me, but I also thought it was very funny. <laughs> I also got a couple, couple board games, just to, you know, pass the time. Um, Exploding cool. Kittens is a classic one. That's uh, a good one. You draw a card, explode or don't explode. You'll find out later, uh, or immediately. And then Mysterium, which is kind of like uh, a combination of Clue and maybe like charades, but it's just it's like visual only. So like you have to convey clues to your players uh, silently through these like abstract dream cards with like really cool illustrations, and you're trying to find out who's the killer where they killed someone and what did they kill them with. So yeah. Oh, so it's kind of like Clue. It is. It's kind of like Clue, but a little bit of flavor added to it. And I love it. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm down. We'll play it on the next Morgan Baloney. <laughs> Just kidding, probably. <laughs> the very visual game we'll play on the audio-only <laughs> podcast. After that, we're going to play exactly. Pictionary and... <laughs> uh, I will, I will <laughs> add <laughs> Well, that one you say out loud, like right hand green, then you okay. imagine our beautiful imagine bodies this. intertwined. I just put my right hand up to touch green. Isn't this thrilling? <laughs> and 
and his fingers grazed mine, and now we're just looking at each other, not sure what to do next. <laughs> I will add to my week, just so guys. it's not... <laughs> so it's not a complete bummer. Um, I, I had a really nice week at work. It was very chill, and I got uh, a few projects done, and I started writing a new play at work, so... Because uh, I, I have some free time, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm at a desk with a computer in front of me. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't all bad. That's just the dumb bullshit is the thing that sticks out the most in my week, which is why I brought it up. Nicholas, do you want us to uh, roll into our next topic here? Yeah, let's roll into a game Greg likes to call... <gasps> Log Lines. Oh, yeah! That's Nemesis from Resident <laughs> Evil saying Log Lines. And that was an impression of him, I think. Yes. So log lines, a quick <laughs> overview of the rules. Each person has two log lines, one, uh, two log lines from popular media and one for an original project of theirs. The opponent then must guess which is the original idea for one point and has the potential to win a second point for guessing the underlying connective theme between the three. There are also flex points available which you get for guessing what the other two log lines are from. Guessing what movie they're from, what show, or what book. Um, that's pretty much it. Those are the rules for log lines. Nicholas, do you want to start us off, or do you want me to slap this bad boy? Oh, I will start us off today, this week. Take the All torch right. and run with it, my log Olympian friend. That's true. A lot of people don't know this. I am a former uh, disqualified athlete in the Olympics. <laughs> do not fact check us. Do not do it. Logline. On on that specifically. Number one. In a secluded town, two people must fight off horrific worms. Logline. Number two. A young woman accidentally summons a spirit inside her new home. I misspelled new, wrote near on the logline. <laughs> but new is the word I meant. Uh, third one. I can repeat that without the commentary if you want. I think I got it for now. Okay. Please okay. Keep going. Three. A teenager wants to leave Earth, accidentally summons a whole bunch of aliens, all trying to take him away. Can I hear him all through, one after another, rapid fire? Yes. Uh, in a secluded town, two people must fight off horrific worms. A young woman accidentally summons a spirit inside her new home. And three, a teenager wants to leave Earth accidentally. A teenager who wants to leave Earth accidentally summons many aliens, all trying to take him away. I'm pretty sure your idea is the second one. That is incorrect. No, because the third one sounds like can of worms, but that's your idea, isn't it? The third one is can of worms. The third one's can of worms. Okay, so I still have a chance at a flex point. <laughs> Man, so your idea is the first one. Yeah, I probably should have uh, done that with more decorum, but <laughs> I guess you figured it out. It was the first one. I'll give you that point. That's it. No, because I, I guessed the second one, and then I said can of worms for the third thing. True. Not counting that as a point, okay, as I'll official point keeper. Thank you, sir. Man, what is this? The second one is like 50 movies. Come so, on. So, no, so think about... I gave Greg this hint uh, before, but my theme uh, it will help you figure mm -hmm. out the movies. 
So there, what is the connector between the first log line and the third log line? First log line, it's a couple, and they're fighting off worms. In the se the third one, did you say second or third? In the third, the third one. The third one is can of worms, and he is being. They're trying to take him away. The aliens. He's asked. He asked for help. Is what? is it SOS? No, there is a specific word you've used in both of them. Oh. Oh fuck. Okay. One of them's so in the I, title. I, I was gonna say invader. Uh, oh god, it's it's worms. Worms is the theme. Worms is the theme. <laughs> so that should help you figure out the last That's movie. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Can I hear the logline again for the one I haven't guessed? A young woman accidentally summons a spirit inside her new home. It's and gotta be a worm spirit. Worms are involved. <laughs> it's the spirit of worms. Um, worms are involved. It's the not Evil Dead because it's not home. It's a cat. Turns into a big worm. Oh, it's Beetlejuice. It's Beetlejuice. It's Beetlejuice. I love that big worm. Well, he doesn't turn Man. into the worm, but, you know, he... Now, yeah, the worm is a big part of it. He throws her the, to the, the worm. The sand worm. Yeah. Or is the it dune, a Mars worm? The dune parody. <laughs> Man. Oh, those are, that, that was great, Nick. <laughs> I really, that was fun. I liked it. I'm going to give myself the theme as the point, even though you... You, you can have that. Me. You got it. I'll give you. I'll give you that one. This and I'll, I'll I'll add one flex point as well. Because you said it many times. Uh, oh boy. You'd give it to me if it was on the other shoe. Um, so mine is in a secluded town. Two people must fight off horrific worms. I've actually talked to Greg about this idea. This is basically um, uh, a horror story I've been writing. Uh, not a play. Oh. Uh, yes. <laughs> I knew okay. he would recognize it if I went more detailed, so I tried the tremorism. <laughs> you, you totally tremored me. Because <laughs> he fucking loves tremors. I fucking uh, love it. Oh. This guy moves into a, a secluded Pacific Northwest town where the leaves mm -hmm. on the trees keep on falling. And once they get to a certain amount of coverage, uh, these worm creatures start hunting him, basically, because he doesn't know the kind of rules he doesn't like camp out in his home basically for the the fall months mm -hmm. super cool idea i'm looking forward to someday reading it and <laughs> i don't think it was established when we talked that they were worms yet i don't think you've decided that yet I might or maybe not. you just didn't tell me i that might have been what it was because i i've wanted them to be worm-esque creatures because I remember reading an old creepypasta like 10 years ago about these, <laughs> just something, it was like something with like worms, with like, there was a, a specific description of like really big worms with like teeth, like coming out of this guy and he's hiding in like the top of a barn and they're kind of like rooting around the bottom okay. of it. And that kind of stuck with me. Uh, and I, and I really hmm. like that idea and I'd like to expand on it more. And worms are kind of, you know, they're underused in scariness. Very true, yeah. Worms get a raw deal. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for sharing, Nick. You ready for uh, my three log lines? Sure am. Uh, my theme is very obvious, and I think the movies are as well. So okay, that means I won't get them. Here we. That means you're not gonna get them at all. Here we go. Log line number one: A nerdy guy who's never done the deed finds the pressure mounting when he meets a single mother. 
Logline number two. A virgin sex ed teacher's world is turned upside down when he encounters two students who want to help him come out of his shell. Logline number three. A high school senior drives cross country with his best friend to hook up with a babe he met online. Okay, third one's sex drive. Yup. Um, second one is yours and is the first one, is that 40 year old virgin? <laughs> that was a sweep. You nailed it. You nailed every movie and mine. Who's <laughs> virginity? Fantastic. I've seen, I've seen Sex Drive a lot, unfortunately. It's not that good a movie. Um, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> why do you keep watching it then? I was a kid and I was and I saw boobs. <laughs> it was on That's Showtime on demand. I'm not proud of it, but I did watch. There's a version of that movie. That's like super uncensored, which is just they add uh, a bunch of dicks and boobs and fart noises <laughs> to it. Just like it sounds it, incredible. Hell it's, yeah. It actually makes it worth it because it's just there's no plot relevance to any of them. And they, they're like all added in post. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think it's just like Fight Club. It's just a quick like single frame added in of a dick. And you're just like, oh, uncensored. <laughs> So this logline, uh, <laughs> the one that was my original idea, was a. It's actually a web series you can watch on YouTube if you want. Uh, it started out the very first episode, and the subsequent one, it was just uh, me and a few friends, and we were like, we should make videos and put them up like every week. And uh, after the first one, they were like, guys, this was really funny. We should make like a series out of this, and. Uh, uh, that's what we did <laughs> you know some of the episodes are okay i think there's some funny bits in each episode but yeah the season finale for season one was uh, probably my favorite thing and we scripted the first two episodes of season two and then everyone quit no one wanted to do it anymore <laughs> it died like on a hill holding up its own sword and uh here we are. It's still on YouTube if you want to check it out in the links below. <laughs> what a what a great round of log lines. That was really fun. That was a really good one, I think. That was phenomenal. Because it's kind of and... the opposite of how it usually goes. It's just typically <laughs> me floundering. Um, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I can smell Nick from a mile away. So that one's his. <laughs> typically. Not this time. He tremored me. I did. I've been getting tricksy with him. Yeah. Fucking love tremors. And so also, uh, if anyone is interested in revisiting our logline episodes, uh, we've actually been uploading them onto our YouTube channel, which I think is linked below. So if you ever feel like listening to an episode of Loglines and you can't remember what it's from, they're in uh, consumable bites on YouTube rather than the entirety of a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Takes a yeah, lot of just so processing time to put a, put all the episodes on. Yep, it sure does. Surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, unfortunately, maybe when we get more money and more, more. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can hire refunds. a second editor or, or not, something. <laughs> not refunds. What's it called? Refunds. Residuals? I think just funds is what I wanted to say. More yes, resources money in general. and funds. I combined. Yeah. To we'll get a producer ops. for the show. If anyone out there wants to produce our show, uh, hit us up. We're we not won't paying. know what to do, <laughs> and we're not paying. Not, not yet. We'll get there. 
Yeah, I think so. You'll expose All our bald women will, uh, you know, <laughs> hold us up. Speaking of exposed bald women. <laughs> hey, uh, check that, click that you know image saying. file I just sent you. Hey, I was uh, <laughs> Winner! Perfect. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> What's wrong with us? <laughs> okay. I don't know. That was a really good fun, good fun Christian round vlog lines. Uh, <laughs> ruined by the end bit. Um, we are going Absolutely. To, to move on to... I believe it is... Mmm pop. Mmm pop. Here we go. Here we go. It's the mmm <laughs> pop song. That's it. Yeah. That's it's a part of the and... song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get it twisted. Yeah. And we're going to start off with a couple topics from Nick. Nick is very passionate about these two things, and I can't wait to hear him tell me about them. And maybe I'll respond, or maybe I'll go lie down for a few minutes. <laughs> so You'll I've, never know. So I've actually just remembered a third one, so a surprise topic for Gregory. I've gone over oh, him with, uh, nice. with two of them. Uh, I'll do it in the middle, so we can... It's a shorter one. So we're going to start off. Okay, cool. Marvel, Marvel shit news stuff happening once again. <laughs> I forget we had a Classic. title for it, and I forgot it, and I don't care to look it up. Uh, Deadpool 3 is happening. Surprisingly, a lot of people figured that it wasn't going to happen, and since since Disney has acquired Deadpool, uh, they're sticking with Ryan Reynolds, Fancy Reynolds on Instagram. Don't follow him. Follow me, Nicholas.Roy.Morgan.Iron. Um... <laughs> Uh, he's returning. <laughs> I believe most of the cast uh, that are returning as characters. I, I don't think there's going to be any replacements. I don't know if Zazie Beats will be back because the character, but who knows? Um, they are replacing the, the the head writers. I don't have the writers' names on me, but they are the new ones are from hit cartoon Bob's Burgers, which I know is uh, a fan favorite. It's a very funny show. Uh, you know they write songs for it, like every episode, and I think that's fun. Uh, and I and I and I kind of don't mind that because it, it's scary having a uh, a series that's been with someone for so long switch hands. But I do think the original writer's comedy was a little bit near in the end of its uh, lifestyle, you know. Yeah, the cycle was concluding. Yeah, uh, uh, and I think I think if it can be done right. Uh, I think these new writers are, are good heads, and I, I think they've got a good chance of doing it. I don't want T.J. Miller to be in it. He probably will be. <laughs> uh, fuck T.J. Miller. <laughs> That's my, my catchphrase. Uh, One of many. Because I, Deadpool 2 is has a lot of really good stuff in it. Mine and Greg's favorite scene being Brad Pitt getting electrocuted. <laughs> Every time, we we He's so love, handsome. We talk about that scene way more than we should. It comes up a lot. It's really funny. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think if they if they keep up, if, the, if, the, if if Disney is aware of what makes the Deadpool movies good, I think we can have some phenomenal stuff. The biggest questions are: Is Disney going to keep using the, the X Men characters? Which Colossus has become a like a really hmm. Colossus and then Negasonic Teenage Warhead uh, have become like crucial parts of um and Yoko 
IS Yoko Asian lesbian girlfriend. I've summed up Yoko. Yeah. We can move on now. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she's even... I, th I don't think the character she's based off is a mutant, which is... <laughs> I think there is... I don't actually remember if she does anything, like, superhero-y in the uh, movie. She has, like, a... She hits Juggernaut. Does she have powers? She is... It, I feel like it's, like, an energy whip or something like that. Or electric whip or oh, something. Oh, with, like, her yo-yo or some shit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoko, yo, yo Okay, yeah. yeah. She, she She's is, always like, hi, wait! She's funny. A little bit of an Asian stereotype. Uh, <laughs> I think she could... <laughs> if she does come back, she could be improved. She could be an actual character if she comes back. Agreed. Um, there's They left a lot of fun, uh, foundation to build future sequels off in Deadpool 2, but I just don't know with the X-Men inclusion, because they're so vital. Like, to mm -hmm. Deadpool's origin, in fact, the whole Weapon X thing, that's how, you know, Deadpool was, was made. Them damned Canadians. But yeah, <laughs> curious things. And I'm curious to see if they actually go the x-force route like they were you know <laughs> wanking off to the entire deadpool 2 i guess we'll just have to find out in 2049 hell yes all right surprise news time we're gonna stick under the disney umbrella <gasps> so i don't know if greg is aware but a live action lilo and stitch movie is oh, has been in the works uh now uh, the lead actress, <laughs> <laughs> he saw my smirk, and he was like, uh-oh, buckle in. Yep. <laughs> Once you hear that, so... Uh, Embraced. The actress they've gotten for Lilo. Fun Lilo is, she's about seven or nine, the character in the original. She's yeah, really she's young. like seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, the actress is 16. Okay. Is she, she tiny? I, I haven't seen a picture, because I don't Google pictures anymore <laughs> no that's uh, the fact checker's job yes yeah, the fact checker's job uh she is 16 she is hawaiian so that's i'll give him a point for that she is uh <laughs> she does not look like lilo bar is really low disney <laughs> she looks like one of the kids in myrtle's gang that bullies lilo uh <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i lilo is like was like the only character that we kind of had that was you know dark skin and you know just to see the constant issue with whitewashing that disney especially has had an issue with um recently another uh new mutants that movie one of its myriad problems was uh they whitewashed a character severely for a really shitty reason <laughs> because like oh we wanted him to look rich which character was that sunspot oh yeah sunspot's mexican right he is afro-brazilian Oh, my bad. Also, uh, apparently Lilo was six. Thank you, fact checker. Six? Wow. Add yeah, a, she was a, a child. Put a decade on her. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to see New Mutants, I, so I don't have an opinion on that. Did you actually see it, Nick? Uh, I, I've been putting it off. My friend said it's okay. Uh, the, the, the issues with the director himself kind of in the script kind of put me off on it but i do want to watch it because it does look interesting at the very least mm, fun I fact yes. i believe that was one of the first trailers we planned on discussing for morgan baloney's <laughs> i don't know if we ever actually did it but was uh, it new mutants trailer was was right up there or that or the it being delayed one of those two probably the delay mm-hmm 
But it, it was an assume the delay. It's an early topic. But yeah, please don't whitewash in your movies. <laughs> it's like you know. Uh, p- please. People can be dark, you know. They're like that just happens, like naturally. It's like a thing. It's biology, maybe. <laughs> I mean, Nick's looking at me right now. I know none of you are, but I'm it's true. Reasonably dark. Greg, Greg, Greg's a dark fellow. He's paled up. I don't. I don't know if they quarantine. would call me olive skin, but I feel like someone might. <laughs> it's really kind of crazy because he's kind of dark, but he's also kind of translucent. So he's like one of those old like GameCube controllers. It's really cool. <laughs> uh, you have to see him to believe uh, him. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, this is gonna bring us to our third. This is not Disney, not Marvel, so everyone can exhale. Um, whoo! Thank you for joining me on this journey. We're gonna talk about autism. Yeah, we're gonna talk about all that. Sia, famous musician. You know, she sang the Chandelier song. She was probably in Sing Street. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's probably, right? It's the little Korean pandas. Or Sing. Which one's the one with the animals? Is that Sing Street or is that Sing? Uh, Sing is with the animals. Sing with the animals. Sing Street is the little... Very okay movie. Uh, I heard Sing Street was great. I didn't get to see it yet. I've also not got to see it. I've only heard about the musical. Um, oh, neat. But yeah, so Sia the thing you hate. has been making a movie. A movie called... Music. Which, an inspired title, um, is a movie basically about a non-verbal autistic person. Now, that could be cool if you got it from the perspective of autistic people. Now, I've heard there was a, a handful of autistic people around, none in any like creative positions, which is, you know, so they're probably like, hey, go cater, <laughs> you know. We've got you on the. We've got you on the 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 the, the, the call they're sheet. On, yeah, they're on the payroll. <laughs> the payroll, exactly. Um, so the main actor is Maddie Ziegler, who is a frequent collaborator with Sia. You know, from the Chandelier music video and Dance Moms, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And she is. I phenomenal. think that's where she got her first platform. Was on Dance Moms. Mm-hmm. I get my platforms at the mall. <laughs> shoe joke fellas she is a phenomenal dancer she, good point nick it's crazy she's really good at dancing and i really like her and Super i feel talented. bad because you know she, she's probably going to get a lot of hate for being in this movie that she did not deserve so i'm just going to go through some quick bullet points on this quote-unquote movie <sighs> so here we go so Sia does not have autism. She doesn't really... There's not really any person writing it. She, because Sia wrote this, there's not really any person in creative control with autism. And I think for a movie like this, you really need to have this perspective because autistic people have a long history of being spoken over, uh, especially by their parents. And and, and that is an issue that we need to start fixing as, as a society, especially within our art, because art represents ourselves. Working on this movie, she collaborated with a group, Autism Speaks. Now, a lot of people that have a very small, who aren't very active within these circles, may be like, oh, you know, Autism Speaks, they, they do the, the jigsaw, the puzzle piece. Like, what's wrong with them? And it's like, well, one, uh, they suck. They are, uh, <laughs> they are considered by many as a hate group. They are a bunch of people without uh-huh. autism that have some sort of tangential relationship to autism basically saying they know what's best for it's a lot of mothers uh, parents of autistic children 
you know, saying like, oh, autism mm -hmm. has made our lives so much harder and we want to work to stop autism and treating it like a disease, like these are broken people and they're not. Autism is not, uh, it's not making you not work. You just think in the different ways than, than someone who does not have autism. It's really exactly. just that simple. And there are different takes and you can learn because I have many autistic friends. And if you talk to them, for the most part, you can, you can find out. But this movie is specializing on nonverbal autistic people, people who struggle with actual verbal communication and this person finding different ways to express that. Now, they auditioned one nonverbal autistic person for the role. Uh, the reason that they did not hire her was she couldn't adapt to the work conditions, which... Sounds like an excuse, Nick. It sounds like a big fucking excuse. Because one, if <laughs> yeah. you really cared, the whole movie's about this, adapt to them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, uh, yes. And two, uh, Manny Ziegler, frequent collaborator, she has actually been quoted as five years ago as saying she has written a movie about music specifically for Manny Ziegler to be in. And it's this movie, Music. It's so strange for her to for her to make this choice do you think it was something she did while writing it or something that she's like well there's a market out there that i could exploit <laughs> when she got when she got into the production stage apparently she's been writing this movie for three years and had this idea five years mm. ago so i think that answers okay. your question it's a little yeah, bit somewhat it's, it's a messy situation now uh there is a person who gave experience uh not experience um uh, they're like encouragement to make this movie oh. a person I like to call Lena Dunham now if you haven't been watching <laughs> the last couple episodes I fucking hate Lena Dunham um, <laughs> she is uh, just a horrid person she is uh, you know manipulated and abused many people including her her child sister growing up and she just thinks that's cool <laughs> she was like oh you know oh well we, we all we all change we all move on I'm like yeah wait a, just a little bit wrote a book uh, about it Let's move this back here. So, yeah. so we have Sia and Lena Dunham on this movie about uh, a nonverbal autistic person without having any autistic person's perspective. No autistic person helped write this or anything. It and no autistic movie. actors were actually given a chance, it sounds like. Exactly. In fact, uh, some autistic actors, well, an, an autistic actor was talking to Sia on Twitter recently, and Sia's response was to call them a bad actor. Oh my god, dude. Uh, one of Sia's quotes was something along the lines of, fuckity fuck fuck, I'm so fucking mad, why don't you all just watch my fucking movie first? <laughs> I, really? Yes, uh, I, I will Jesus find the, Christ. the exact quote. Um, but, uh, some it's more news. Horrid. Maddie Ziegler didn't even, doesn't even want to do this movie. We have audio talking about how she is really scared that people are not going to like her portrayal uh, and all this. And she's getting all this pressure because Sia, you know, has been writing this specifically for her. You know, probably mm -hmm. has connections with Maddie Ziegler's mother, uh, which is a lot of pressure. No offense to Mrs. Ziegler. I don't know you. I probably never will. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> that was a little, that last one's a little bit of a joke, uh, but here's the quote from Sia, quote unquote, "Grr, fuckity fuck. Why don't you watch my film before you judge it?" All caps. Fury. End quote. 
Why don't you support my film with your money before you judge it? Even knowing the horrible backstage production issues that plague it. And here's uh, one last bit before we move on. The title card for music for all the promotional stuff is written in little baby crayon. Oh, Nick. <laughs> Which, you know, I, I don't, I shouldn't have to spell out what, why that sucks. Um, but if you had to. <laughs> but if I had to. In baby crayons. In, in little, what would it say? It's basically saying that autistic people are children. Which is another reoccurring thing of Autism Speaks. Autistic people are adults. When they're of adult age, of course. They're not born an adult. That'd be weird. Uh, it'd be cool. They're not be Benjamin weird. Buttons. <laughs> they're not Ben Stiller Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> from Walter Mitty. <laughs> hey, I like that movie, Mr. I, I didn't expect to. I did. Alright. Um, weird bits That's in good. it. But we're going to move on. Uh, please don't support Sia's movie, Durr Fuckity Fuck, and all that. <laughs> would you like to take us to I our, sure won't, Nick. Would you like to take us to our trailer segment, fella? Absolutely. So we're going to, uh, we're going to try trailers a little differently. Um, we're just going to read off the log lines of the trailers, rather than describe every frame of the trailer. <laughs> Sorry. And if we happen to have notes that, you know, uh, pertain to specific moments then we'll talk about them and the first trailer that we have today is tom and jerry the movie tom and jerry adaptation of the classic hanna-barbera property which reveals how tom and jerry first meet and form their rivalry now i didn't get this from the trailer at all but uh you know, it's the, that's another fun little side thing about these log lines. We kind of get a little more insight. So now we that's have a trailer. The log line of the '60s movie. I'm I'm looking at the image. It says 2021 next to the title. Nick, are you saying this sounds exactly like the the movie they made in the '60s that was Tom and Jerry? I feel like because this movie, well, maybe we'll get into it. This movie did not seem like it was. It seemed like they had known each other a long time. Yeah. Exactly, because in that opening scene from the trailer, <laughs> look at me talking about the trailer, he's waving goodbye to him as though they've had a long career of being rivals. And you know the voiceover, the world's oldest rivalry, which is apparently these two cartoon creatures. Don't think cartoons were around since the world <laughs> began. But uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely makes it seem like they actually had a relationship and kind of like they had put their differences aside honestly and maybe that's going to be a thing in the movie but uh overall you know the trailer just didn't didn't wow me at all it, it's it almost looks like they intentionally got a bunch of actors that were like a minus b plus tier <laughs> Have that exact just so that, that exactly <laughs> just so that tom and jerry would be center spotlight and this is like a personal thing, but Chloe Grace Moretz, I thought she was spectacular when she was, you know, a child actor, but <laughs> now that she's older, I don't know, there's just something about seeing her now in these various roles and something about her voice specifically that just don't connect like they did when she was, you know, a child actor in Kick-Ass and Let Me In. 
It's kind of like uh, Shailene Woodley. I fucking love <laughs> Shailene Woodley when she was in The Fault in Our Stars. Then I saw her in Divergent, and I was like, really? Like, I don't know. It was, it's like the voice really held me back. and That's probably my personal issue, as I mentioned. Uh, I hope Chloe Grace Moretz has all the success in the world, because she seems like she's uh, trying pretty hard. I actually liked her in Greta, but in Greta, she was kind of... She was the protagonist, but she was kind of side character to Greta. Uh, is that the one with the lady with the the house? The, like, uh, did I watch that with you? Yeah. No, I don't think we saw that one together because I saw it. I saw it much later. Because I saw it in theaters, it was really cool. I I liked Greta a lot, and as I said, I like Chloe Grace Moretz in it. But it just kind of feels to me like Chloe. Uh, like there's a divergent timeline out there where she did kick ass and she did let me in and then she was like man i really really like the behind the scenes stuff i'm gonna direct or write or produce and then she became like this incredible director writer producer instead of an actress that i'm just kind of like okay with seeing she did do not excited about oh what was it was Which that one movie was it that Rain on fire movie? <laughs> oh or was no. it the louis ck movie <laughs> she was in one of those <laughs> I don't, I don't think I saw that one. Uh, I'd have to look at her IMDb. Oh, look, I have her IMDb. Oh, right no, it's by Louis C.K. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. How unfortunate. <laughs> I have not, <laughs> I have not seen this or heard of it. But I don't know. Maybe I just need to see the right Chloe Grace Moretz movie. Maybe Tom and Jerry isn't the pinnacle of her acting ability. I don't know. Nick, Jeez. what did you think about Tom and Jerry? Uh, Tom and Jerry. Uh, I've got the some trailer. things to say. It, it was a cool trailer. Um, I remember nothing of it, but I liked it when I watched it. And I think that's kind of how this movie will be. <laughs> uh, a note I have, the cast is very B-movie comedy. You know, Michael Pena, you've got Colin Jost, who, who I actually kind of like a lot. Chloe Grace Moretz, who's kind of been floundering in movies for a while. She was in Suspiria, which is cool, but far from like a starring role. Um, that is pretty cool, though. Uh, and Ken Jong of Hangover fame in Community. Uh, <laughs> yes. He was like, I, I think he's cool as a person, but I think he's kind of like the kiss of death for me now in movies. <laughs> like, I kind of just instantly log out when I see him because he kind of, you know, I think he's very similar spot to like a Melissa McCarthy. He is kind of mm. sassy Asian man. And, you know, point laugh. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I know but what she's saying. This cast doesn't actually it doesn't seem like they hurt at all. They seem extremely inoffensive, which is kind of in a way its own later layer of, of offensive cuz if this movie's not going to be great, I want it <laughs> yeah. to be like off the walls terrible. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I think I do, but uh those preferable. are my those are pretty much like my only negatives. I don't like the cast too much. Um, but the animation, I love the Roger Rabbit kind of, we haven't seen it in a while, but animated cartoons in real life. I think it, especially nowadays, it looks really fucking good. Uh, has there been better? Yeah, I don't care. It still looks <laughs> Yeah, Roger cool. Rabbit, he just said it. Yeah, Roger Rabbit is, is still is the best of its kind. Cool World is a flawed movie, still does it really well. Um, Monkey Bone? That's a good one. <laughs> the effects are the best part of that movie after Brandon Fraser and Monkey Bone. Uh, the Looney Tunes back in action also worked really well, I thought. 
who is it? Just Ma- love Nick trying to name more and more of these uh, movies uh, what's that it, Barry, he likes better. Who, who is it? It's um, Barry and Moosewinkle. Who is that? That one was fun. The squirrel and I the moose. I know what you're talking about. I they don't know their fun names. Ones. I think it's Bullwinkle. Bull- yeah, Bullwinkle. Something in Bullwinkle. Percy and Bullwinkle? No. Fact checker, could you get uh, that up? Fact checker. Oh, uh, one thing. Um, another thing I really like is that they're using archival sound footage for Tom and Jerry, so they so they sound like they did in all the in the the classic cartoons. So it is William Hanna and uh, what's his name, uh, Robert Blanc, Mel Blanc, Mel Blanc, June Foray. They're, they're all doing these. They're they're pulling from their sound library, which I think is a really clever way of kind of reminding us that these are the same characters that we've grown up with. Yeah, if not paying new actors, it's Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle, exactly. And the hot lady. That is a very interesting thing. I didn't know that, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I don't research. But I, I like that touch. That makes it feel a little more at home. And I will say all of the little stunts that we did see them like trying to pull seemed very classic Tom and Jerry and, you know. If this is, like, them setting roots for what they're going to be, uh, it fits really well. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be, you know, some fan favorites, I ho- like, classics. Like, I hope we get the Bulldog. Rex, maybe? Oh, I yeah, hope that, that he awesome. turns up somehow, or just an allusion to him, because he's, like, he's always in the best ones. So it'd be really fun, even <laughs> for just, like, a sequence, to have him come in and then be gone. But I also want them to mix in some new ones. Like, they had... Um, like a stormy action scene, you know, it's still comedy, but it's like them on, yeah. he's like on the, <laughs> the, the very phone end, wire. Right? Yes, yes, where uh, he's like and, a bat. Yeah, and I, and I think some cool stuff can happen in this movie, and I am going to be tentatively excited for it. Well, that was Tom and Jerry, and now we move on to our next trailer, Gunda. Very similar to Tom and Jerry. It, oh, incredibly one so. One more thing, Tom and Jerry. That oh, yes. is uh, the wrong premise. Uh, from IMDb, they already know each other. Fact checker slid me a note, and I said, "Oh yeah," because Tom has been kicked Thank out. You, of the house. Thank because, you, fact checker. Thank you, fact checker, and screw you, IMDb. <laughs> he was kicked out of the house because he couldn't take care of Jerry, and then ruined the house while trying. So that's kind of and like. And then Jerry moved out with him. <laughs> I, I guess it was less fun now that Tom was gone. I don't know. I think it's hard to say, but it is fun that they're keeping. Jerry... Him- the canon of him fucking up the house. Yeah, Jerry doesn't want to just live. He wants to make Tom's life miserable. And he wants to loiter saying. in the, the yeah, hotel. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gunda. Documentary looks at the daily life of a pig and its farm animal companions, two cows and a one-legged chicken. Nick, do you want to start us off, or do you want me to yeah. roll into it? I would like to start us off. Now, a fun Take thing. Take it away, brother. So, you'll immediately recognize from this trailer, this movie is in black and white. They did not paint the set and animals that way. It's um, <laughs> a fun little filter they use. A film trick, you may call it. Um, mm-hmm. There's also no dialogue. This is a completely... There is no one's talking over it, as far as the trailer leads us to imply. Um, which is very similar to... Uh, Triplets of Belleville, I believe, is the movie. The animated movie. Uh, it's French. It's almost complete. All the dialogue is completely incidental. It doesn't really matter. It's all told visually. And while obviously this is more of a documentary look into it, I do feel like there is going to be a sort of 
a narrative to this that can be really interesting. Also, so kind of similar to the Samsara movie, the cycle, Samsara, Baraka, which are these long, completely silent documentaries. Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah, Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> uh, looks into different cultures and, and, and stuff. They're really fascinating. Meditative, which is a word that is used in the trailer for this. And I think this movie is going to fill a similar niche. And I think black and white's a cool one because farms and stuff tend to be kind of boring colored. <laughs> in my opinion, I think farms have boring colors. Um, but the trailer does seem to imply a sort of narrative with it. With, you know, it starts off with the pigs and the animals all lying about. Then you have, for the rest of it, it's them slowly getting together and they, you start to see them a lot of movement in the trailers and it ends back with them, you know, in where they started. So I, I, I could really like a very loose kind of their day's process is probably what I'm assuming or maybe like over the time of like a week or so. Not too sure. Has animals. That's really cool. I'm a big <laughs> fan of animals. The one-legged chicken. pro lamprey. <laughs> I am pro lamprey. I'm pro animals tentatively. Uh, so this Except is hippos. Uh, co-directed, co-written, and co-edited by... Viktor Kosakovsky, who is a Russian documentarian. I don't think I've seen any of his movies. Yeah, this is his first one in... Oh, yeah, this is the first English? one I've seen. He's been. He's got a good in amount English. of them, but... There's no sound. Well, there's... I feel like he's... I mean, there's no sound. dialogue, not sound. Yeah, so... <laughs> I guess it doesn't truly matter. Um, exactly. It was also executively produced by Joaquin Phoenix. Or as I like to call him, Joaquin Penis. <laughs> What? <laughs> Joaquin Penis. You don't like it? This, I love it. That has never come up before, so I don't know who you're talking to, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. Talking to, talking oh, to everyone. Man. But, um, you know, very artistic. It is in black and white, which means it's automatically a couple notches better than the average movie. Um, <laughs> it looks really fun. Uh, it seems it says it's about 93 minutes, which is perfect length for this kind of movie. Uh, it doesn't. It's probably not going to dawdle too much, but if it does, it won't be like a dawdle you'll mind. Yeah, uh, I think this whole movie is going to be dawdle, and I'm super, I'm super hyped for it. As as funny as a word to use is hype. When I watched this trailer the first time, uh, I don't know. It's like just this really calm feeling that washes over you, and I'm not uh, saying you know, oh, it's <laughs> like calm feeling is in the little blurb that they put up at the beginning of the trailer where it's like this will wash over you i think that's kind of you know that's just dressing to make people who maybe aren't as interested watch the movie but if you just watch the trailer blurbs aside i don't know maybe you'll get the same feeling i did which was just this kind of wash of calm it was like uh as i pumped asmr before it was like ASMR, but all visuals and no sound. I mean, there is sound, but it's just so relaxing to watch. And when the little piglet rolls over the first <laughs> time, I was like, "Oh, it really got me." I'm just, uh, and it's rated G. At least that's what it says okay. on IMDb. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if this will happen, but I am. I have like just a little. I have trust issues, I guess, because I have a little fear. That at some point, 
because it's like a documentary in the life of a farm animal. It's gonna end. With... One of these pigs is gonna get <laughs> slaughtered. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll see it. I don't know if like they'll just show the mom being taken away, and then the next morning they're grilling bacon or something, and that's like a that's like a G way of showing. Exactly. Like Ooh. I'm a little worried something like that's gonna like they're gonna plague dogs us. I, uh, I haven't watched the plague dogs. I really want to, but it was recommended by um, Super Eye Patch Wolf recently in a video, and that looks horrifying. And I'm afraid that Gunda might. You know, just dip into the horrifying for just a sec. Just a sec. I feel just like with tell. the G rating, I feel like we're mostly safe. Because I think that would go into disturbing imagery, which might guarantee a PG. If they don't actually show the slaughter, if it's yeah. just like they take the mom away. And the piglets are fine. No and then next morning. Gun. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you can get away with G. Like how the old movies used to get away with actually crazy stuff. Like tits. But... <laughs> Yeah, like straight up tits. Shout out, Earth and, Girls are easy. Hey, I was I was gonna say uh, never-ending story. The statue with the big old boobs. Watership, but Watership Down also had a pretty low. Rate. Watership Down is brutal. The old one is brutal. I haven't seen the new one on Netflix, nor have I seen the old one. But I know a lot of the imagery because it was disturbing, and I had to see it. So yeah, you know, I'm just a little worried about that. But this movie really does look like it's just kind of something mm -hmm. nice that on and kind of enjoy watch the animals be animals for a while i uh but again animals being animals means getting slaughtered so i'm a little scared <laughs> what were you gonna say now that you now you brought that up i really want this movie in the last act just take a left turn animal farm george orwell and we <laughs> see these animals rise up that'd be fucking awesome and still have this meditative documentary style like oh that'd be fucking Ooh, that'd be fucking um, cool. Two of the piglets, like, I'm Snowball, and the other one's like, I'm other Animal Farm name. <laughs> I cannot remember. Is Snowball and... It's not Napoleon. I don't know. Nick, do you remember the other big pig boss name? Is that from something? <laughs> yeah, from Animal Farm. Snowball oh, is, yeah, I, I think, the remember. big bad. Or yeah, spoilers if you haven't read Animal Farm. I haven't read it in a long time. I don't remember the character. I read a book inspired by it. Yeah. I don't know if I shouted that oh. out. I'm swallowing a donkey's eye by Paul Tremblay. Nope, you haven't, and that sounds crazy. Moving on to the next trailer. Here we go. Here Chaos we go. Walking. A dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. So, uh, I didn't get that when I watched this, Nick. Uh, I don't know if you got that. Uh, what I got from watching the trailer itself was I thought it was implied that all the women in the world were murdered because they were, when they're around, like men's thoughts are put into the physical mm -hmm. dimension. And I thought it was just like they went crazy and they were like, we can't help, the women can't do this to us. And they killed all the women. And then suddenly another woman appears, I guess from a spaceship? I don't know, I, I was foggy on all the details for this. Now knowing that like a dystopian world where there are no women and all the creatures, like their thoughts are out, now I'm like, okay, so the whole thing is they just want her because she's a woman and it's not like they want her dead because she has this unfortunate relation to the atmosphere or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. this strange magic on this planet. 
And that's a little bit of a bummer for me, because that was the most interesting part of the trailer for me, that she kind of forces this out of people. Because I never saw her thoughts coming out, and they make a point to reference that she, her thoughts aren't coming out of her head. And, you know, it, it seemed interesting that some men are like, we made a horrible mistake killing all the women, and other men were like, there's a woman, we gotta kill her! Like, <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen seemed pretty clearly to be, uh, you know, supportive of having women again, which I liked, because I like Mad Mickelson and I like the scars on his face. But yeah, and then aliens come in, and I'm just like extra confused, like, are the aliens, did they, what? It it got really weird for me, I didn't really understand what was going on, and now reading the logline, it feels even less clear to me. But, I don't know, what did you think of this trailer, man? Hey, How'd you like Tom Holland? Would you mind reading that logline for me once more? You got it, boss. A dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So Daisy Ridley crash lands on this planet. It's, it's, presuming she's from a different planet, because uh, she doesn't have yeah. the noise, which is what they, they call it. Um, it it's it's kind of weird, because we don't really get a... Uh, a good explanation for anything in the trailer and that's kind of a good thing and kind of a bad thing because I do like the mystery around it but then if we don't know the rules that every <laughs> every character kind of we don't know exactly who how to relate to each other character like Mads Mikkelsen yes. is as far as I know the villain and he doesn't and I didn't really get that feeling he, he doesn't, he like doesn't he's their protector he well his, his Wikipedia so I description hope he's the villain. says he's the cruel mayor of Prentice Town. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I should have thought that with the scars. So he's probably, maybe he's not a, like the main villain, because I think David Oyelowo is the main villain. Which oh, I don't... David Oyelowo is in this? Yeah, I don't think he's in the trailer. <laughs> but he's described... He's the alien. But as a violent priest who seeks after Todd and Viola, which are our main characters. Um, oh, Okay. So, I, the first interaction I had with this movie trailer, I fucking hated it. I watched it, and I was like, this is dumb <laughs> bullshit, and I hate it. I looked at the trailer, and I was like, this is the ugliest trailer since uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, <laughs> and then I watched this trailer again, and I was like, this is actually really not that bad, now that I think about it. It's not... Like, it's definitely got the potential to be, like, a Tomorrowland-level disaster, but it's got Daisy Ridley, who I mostly enjoy. I, you know, I prefer her as like a side character, to be honest, because I hurt. I haven't been impressed by her acting lately. Um, but I love Tom Holland. Hmm. He's really good. Uh, but you know, this is him playing another boy with like a southern accent, so you can see him doing his little lip pout in the trailer, <laughs> trying to force that accent. Yeah. Uh, which is a little fun. You got Mads, and I always love Mads. He's so good. Uh, Cynthia Erivo, fucking phenomenal. David Oyelowo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Oyelowo? Oyelowo. That's how I've always heard it pronounced. Kurt Sutter, pretty good. Nick Jonas is a decent actor, at the very least. I don't have any complaints oh, about Oh yeah, Nick he Jonas. was in this. Um, he was uh, threatening our boy, Tom Holland. He's the mayor's son. Oh shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. David Prentice and Nick Jonas is Davey Prentice Jr., Ain't that cute? <laughs> that's just little. That's just cute. I think. 
Um, <laughs> the aliens, I didn't really get. Like, I, I, they seem kind of. I don't understand of, their relation at all. Kind of like, like I don't know if they're a main, if they'll just be the main bad guys, which I kind of don't want because we can't really. As far as we know, we haven't seen anything to connect us to these aliens besides skill we. And even then, you they're know not what? really that scary. No, not at all. But you know it, that com- you reminded me because I completely forgot the whole she fell out of space thing. Mm-hmm. Like the second after I said it, but they, she was probably running from them. That makes sense. That's probably the thread. That's probably which is a stupid thread. But I mean, which, which but it's it does. There. It's a stupid thread, but it does inspire. You know, where is Daisy Ridley from? Are these aliens from that mm, same yes. planet? We also need to know. I, I don't know if they said this in the trailer, but I don't know if all the women on the planet were murdered, if they just disappeared. Nah, they're just gone or dead. So if they're gone, they're probably the, you know that's probably the Daisy Ridley who sent us from an alien planet after they went on an emergency <laughs> ship without anyone realizing it. Um, I'd rather that not be the case because I think that's very obvious. I hope you nailed it. <laughs> we'll find out. One thing I do really like. And this movie, this trailer is messy. This movie's probably going to be messy. The effects don't look bad. The costumes don't look bad. But what I really like is the the effects in general of the noise, uh, and how you get these kind of yeah, kind of stuff. Cool. It's a really cool dynamic, especially with Daisy, who is not only the first woman these guys have seen in years. You know, is a, a hot woman. <laughs> Oh. And all these, and I don't know how old they're trying to make Tom Holland look because he perpetually looks 16, but he is 24. <laughs> He's older than us, or older than me. How old are you? I'm 26, Nick. That's right, 94. You said he's um, 24 in real life? 24 in real life, because Daisy Ridley's oh. 28. So I was like, are they close to being related to be in? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 not a bad yeah, gap at all. They're close enough. Um, they're both consenting adults. That's yeah. good. That's always good. Yeah, and so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm I'm kind of down for that dynamic, even though he's got his silly little accent. I didn't much care for them attempting to make some kind of you know like a little light banter with each other, where she he's like, I don't know if you <laughs> don't like me or my dog, and she's like, I like your dog. I thought that was hilarious because it's like I was like, oh my god, because it's kind of her resisting the attempt, and it's because he's like, I don't even know if if you like me. And he's like, I like your dog. <laughs> Yeah, super lame, I agree. Hey, I, I will say, I, I didn't recognize Daisy Ridley at all when I first saw her. I which knew I it think was her going cool. into it, so I, w- I didn't have that chance. I had no clue. <laughs> and even after I found out, it was only in the close-up that I could really tell it was her. Mm-hmm. She's got this big old blonde just wig, she's blonde. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> it's not a, not a per. If it is a wig, it's, you know, it's I've seen better. <laughs> yeah, and if it's her hair, dear God... <laughs> Put down the peroxide, sister. <laughs> I think this is all I've got to say on... Let me recheck my notes, because I haven't looked at them yet. No, that's about it. Go ahead and I think the premise is cool. Uh, who knows how it'll turn out, though. And that takes us to our next trailer, Last Call. The last days of the poet Dylan Thomas as he dreams and drinks. Nicholas, what do you think about this trailer? Alright, so I am not familiar with Dylan Thomas. I know a, a little bit about him, you know, do not go gentle into that good night, that shall have no dominion, like his big ones, 
Uh, and that's only because I looked him up and those were what popped up. And I was like, oh, I don't think I ever realized connected to who they <laughs> he were. He also before. says one of them in the trailer, which helps. Yeah, I didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Um, <clears throat> so, first off, this movie is about poetry. It's about a poet. So this will inherently lose some people's interest because of how artsy it is. And I'm a little sad about that. Because even though it is just about, you know, it's about this guy, his feelings and his personal relationships and how he expresses them. And that is maybe not the most exciting thing on paper, but some of my favorite movies exist solely of that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited for it. I don't know anyone in this cast besides Malkovich and Reese Irvis. What's his name? He's got like a weird, hard to pronounce name. It's um, it's it's like Reese Ifans, Ifans. Reese Ifans, Ifans. Ifans. He was yeah. the lizard. Oh, in... wasn't he in Fargo? I have no clue. But he was. I'll the... look, I mean, fact checker, look that up for. <laughs> he was the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man, though. Um, and yes. And I liked I liked the lizard. I liked the lizard. He was my probably my favorite part of that movie. Big lizard. <laughs> How can you hate him? He's a lizard. <laughs> but even though I don't know these people, they all look really impressive. Like I couldn't. There was not a bad actor in the in this group. I really loved everyone, especially you know the leads, Reese, who's playing Dylan Thomas. Uh, the the love interest, I believe, which is Ramola Garai, I believe is how you pronounce her name. She's also really good in this trailer, you know, which isn't a lot of footage, but I like what I saw. Oh, an interesting thing about this movie is how they play with the the filters or like how you s perceive these because a lot of it is in black and white and then you see other bits where it's got this really dreamy glare high uh or is it low saturation everything's kind of blurry looking into each other and then you have some scenes with a very stark bright contrast between all all the the colors and everything so i was really curious in how that'll play out in the is it his different perspectives on life is it his different times on this earth and how he's grown and matured is it maybe how he's actually like just feeling whether he's really down it's black and white like at his lowest point i'm not really too sure but it's not like a failure of the movie it's just something that is kind of intriguing me on it and kind of and maybe this is just a trailer trick but at the near the end of it there was a scene where it looked like some of the people were in black and white and some of the people weren't in a scene and i don't know if i maybe it was just like going from scene to scene and like my eye was just a little bit slow to retain the knowledge but i was like that could be really cool because it's his world's kind of his perspective as we as we've known it if that's the the, the route we're going kind of shatters a little bit at near the end of it very artsy movie i'm very into it i don't know if i'm like like i'll guarantee i'm going to watch this as soon as it comes out into it i don't think i'm at that level but <laughs> definitely if i see it scrolling by I'll, I'll get it how do you feel on this gregoria i love this trailer it's so dramatic and it's just all of it works really well for me i because, you know, I'm not terribly familiar with Dylan Thomas. Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with his work, and by that I mean the one poem that they featured. But just that, just knowing that he's the guy that wrote that and how impassioned 
that poem is, it's it, it immediately sets me up to know what the movie is going to be like. I also loved the aesthetic of it. Uh, I, I really like uh, the idea that you mentioned, Nick, where it's like maybe when everything's, you know, when he's at his lowest, everything's black and white and gray. Mm -hmm. Because in some of those scenes, you see like some of the women in his life are still in color or they're like faded color. Mm -hmm. And it really, if that is true, it gives you the sense that, you know, his world may be dim and depressing, but he's like, she would be the one bright light in it. And even in the scene where we saw her in color and everything else black and white, she just screams at him and they're having an argument about, mm -hmm. you know, what they mean to one another. And it just, it, all of this works for me. I really love this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love when he's reading the poem. I usually don't like, uh, you know, like s uh, snarky, quippy lines uh, when the character doesn't fit the line. I'm specifically talking about the end of the trailer when he's like, have you thought about giving up the drink? And he goes, oh, you mean the cramps and the diarrhea and the vomiting that come from it? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, how will I handle that without a drink? And normally, I would hate that line because I'd be like, come on, you really... How? When did you write that line? When you were at the bar last night? Come on, dude. But he's a poet, so like, I believe that he would say that shit. And I, I know, you know, it's all dramatized, it's all written by someone, but still, I believe it. And I believe him. I believe he's depressed, and he's getting through all of this. And seeing him at the at the little stand, too, smoking, and with a drink and reading his thing is just like, ugh. I can't wait for this movie. I really want to see it, personally. Like, I might rush out to see it. N not to like a theater, but, you know, I'll rent it at home. <laughs> Run I don't know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it just it appeals so hard to me specifically, and I don't know. Maybe if you like a lot of the movies I like, that'll tell you more about this movie than my bad job describing it. <laughs> and that's gonna take us to our final trailer. Run, a Hulu original. <laughs> Run. A homeschooled teenager begins to suspect her mother is keeping a dark secret from her. This movie is Munchausen by proxy. Clearly, there's it. It says bit. dark secret, but it's pretty obvious that that's going to be the secret. And maybe they'll do a turn at the end where it's like, oh, it's not Munchausen by proxy. It's just Munchausen syndrome. And like that the daughter is, is actually up. doing it to herself. <laughs> exactly. I'd Maybe they'll pull that. that bullshit. That's horrifying. I was always told I but, had Really? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Nick. I hope you don't. Me too. I don't think you do. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it seems pretty clear that this is going to be a Munchausen by proxy situation. This, this movie looks like misery uh, mixed together with that one plot point from the sixth sense that takes up probably like a quarter of the movie and i don't know it, it looks okay it's not something that i'm like dying to see but it's also not something that i'm crazy about uh the acting seems all right i think the daughter in the in her wheelchair uh she looks like she's acting her ass off she's really trying in this role 
I don't know if it's her first role and that's why or if she's just like super into this movie or if she's just you know a good actor and she puts her soul into things but I'm really I, I'm mo more interested in her performance than in uh, her co-star who I believe is Sarah Paulson yes if I got her name correctly yeah thank you uh, Sarah again I we mentioned this before the b-movie queen <laughs> that's a funny phrase but it it seems like this for her is just another movie and i don't know her acting looks all right mm -hmm. she doesn't really convince me like i think someone who actually has munchausen by proxy, by proxy syndrome uh would be convincing you know like like they actually care which is the scariest thing about munchausen by proxy it's that they're hurting you and then they can act so convincingly that they care about you when in reality they're almost certainly trying to kill you very very slowly for their own devices nick how do you feel about run i feel like you've got a lot of opinions about i have a lot of opinions about this uh trailer this movie. <laughs> first thing up, i want to say kira allen is the daughter in this movie this is her feature length oh. debut and she is actually a, uh, a wheelchair user in in real life oh, which that's awesome. i just found out uh one of my fears about this movie hearing about it was that it would be you know a very ableist kind of uh mm -hmm. you know uh what's the term oh man it sucks to be in a propaganda wheelchair. you know that kind propaganda? of propaganda something like that or like trauma porn you know like oh yes us trying to you know thank god we're not in a wheelchair <laughs> am i right no it, it, it actually well it is called run nick that's why i was thinking it because it's yeah that's unfortunate hearing that i feel like hopefully there is well one hopefully i hope that plays into it somehow but two i hope it doesn't play in that she runs out of the wheelchair <laughs> i hope Didn't that's kind of seem like that's where they that's were going what it though it seemed like She's like, she's going to stop taking her meds, and then she's going to get better and then run out of her chair. Mm -hmm. Or something like that. Let's see. Also, uh, didn't... Um, I also did not know, obviously, that uh, she was an actual wheelchair user, or that this was her debut, and that's fucking awesome. Good for her. I'm trying that's to the see. best thing to come out of this movie, regardless uh, of quality. I'm trying to see... I don't know... Um, I don't know what... Kira Allen, like what she has that she uses the wheelchair for, because if she is a, you know, paraplegic, uh, I don't think she will be running. Maybe that's a little bit tasteless. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Um, Tastes bad to me. But like you know, I I, I hope that the, the 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 solution is not that she stands up and she runs. I want that not to be it because <laughs> it's really bad. But so here we go. Run. Yeah. Sarah too. Paulson is fraught woman with nice hair <laughs> she has been this character i don't know 30 times in the last three years <laughs> i'm getting kind of fucking tired of it oh. jesus it was like fraught oh. mother with nice hair oh yeah you know sometimes she's like i can't have daughter and that might be one of those um <laughs> you know but it's like hey in american Hor in freak show she played two fraught women with nice hair <laughs> i'm i'm oh i'm fucking she's not a bad actress and it's cool you know nope. it's she's like one of like the biggest 
you know, like gay celebrities acting right now. Um, you know, because the other ones are like, you know, Ian McShane, who's, you know, pr you know, he's like soft. He's retired. great in cats. Soft retired, we'll call that. You have uh, <laughs> George Takei, who's also at that same kind of point. But it's like, oh man. And I want her to have better roles because this is just she does she seems to be doing the same thing where she's like oh she's sweet and she smiled and then she looks into the camera and the smile drops and she's like what did you say and then you know we've seen it we've seen it we've seen you it gave me goosebumps now. i had to watch all the fucking ratchet and i <laughs> and it's just that it's that's that's that it's all of that and that sucks i'm that's we, we finished with the sarah paulson talk I'm gonna move on because I actually really like this trailer. Um, <laughs> oh, nice! So this very much seems like a rib on the Gypsy Rose story, which you know, Gypsy Rose is a real person who she was kind of she was always held in by her mother or her aunt or whatever, uh, and told she had all of these diseases, these disabilities. You know, she had to be she, you had to be in a wheelchair most of the time. You know, you can't walk too long; it'll hurt you. You know, and you know, really affected her, her mentally, and it ended up with Gypsy Rose killing her, her aunt or her mother. Uh, Jesus. In an act of, I think, self-defense. Hashtag free Gypsy Rose. Not a joke. Wait, she's in jail? She's in jail because she killed the person who was torturing her for 20 years. She also lied to her about her age. Oh my god. So she would always think she was 16 or 17. She was like 24 or something. Jesus Christ. It's terrible. And I think one I think that's one hundred percent self defense. I think she should be free. If you want to be mad at me, go ahead. I don't care, free Gypsy Rose. But there's also a little little taste of the visit. M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> seminal horror jam, the visit. Because it's like who is this who is this lady? I'm looking her up and it's like, oh, my favorite part in the movie is when she's looking her up and she's like halfway out of like a briefcase or something where she's standing behind the table in the background. It was, it's kind of hard to tell. My TV's not the biggest. Um, Sarah Paulson, that is. Uh, and I thought that oh, was okay. really cool imagery. And I was like, is there something there? And then you, then you see it in the next scene lit and there, you know, was obviously there was a person standing there and I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. And there's bits, you know, hmm. her in the store asking for help. And then, you know, in comes Sarah Paulson, run-ing, uh, to <laughs> go find it. There's really, there's a lot of cool stuff here. There is a thing I noticed. Uh, this reminds me of the movie Secret Obsession with Brenda Song. Have you heard of this movie? I don't think I've heard of this. So Tell me about this it. This movie is, Brenda Song is in a car crash uh, and she is in a little bit, she gets amnesia really bad from it. And she wakes up uh, into a home with a man by her side who is like, hi, I'm Russell, your husband. Uh, your name is Jennifer. Uh, and she's going that, she's like combined to like a wheelchair, I think. And eventually I think she gets the crutches, but she's on like the second floor of this, like it's a nice house out in like the woods kinda. And spoiler alert, um, this guy is not who he says he is. Shock and awe. Uh, oh. He's her stalker that faked all these images and stuff around the house and faked the story after killing her parents God. and boyfriend. Um, oh, shit. Okay. 
it's not a good movie, so th I don't feel bad for spoiling it there. Um, <laughs> it's okay. there's some really funny bits in it. Like it's not well acted, but it's like it's a very similar plot line. And obviously, this movie came out last year, so it's like you know people were just read, and it's not they're just writing it, and it happens to come out because that happens with movies. Not oh to yeah, mention, all the time. This isn't as this isn't the most real like original thing because Munchausen's by proxy is a very real thing. That happens to, you know, more people than you'd expect, but less than you'd hope. Mm. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, as a Nicholas. That, that was as a quote to a defunct YouTube channel, two best friends play. Uh, <laughs> Matt McMuscles, <laughs> who does his own stuff now, who would always quote, "It's like it's less than you'd expect, but or it's it's more than you'd expect, but less than you'd hope." And it it, it never <laughs> works. Like it's one of those. It's always it's bad. Really funny though. It's so funny. I oh, love that. Man. But it it, it it really reminds me of this movie movie Secret Obsession, which also has Dennis Haysbert from the All Servants, whatever. Da, 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 da. You know, and Major League in Sin City, of course. Oh, from Sin the City. I know that one. Allstate uh, Insurance. He was really good in the Major League trilogy. Hmm. He plays the voodoo savage man, which is, you know, it's a racist role now. Uh, Nick? But it is. It's it's one of it's a dated 80s, like, sports comedy. I, it's really funny. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, um, I think this I'll looks... I'll have to see it sometime. I think this looks really good kira allen looks like she's doing a fucking stormer of an acting gig she's hell yeah fucking, she's going hard and i'm really excited for it and that was our last trailer sure was. which is gonna roll us into our next segment nick what's our next segment tonight this is the today, segment this afternoon this afternoon today this evening tonight and tomorrow we like to call it time jam Get up and slam, and welcome to Time Jam! That was close to the lyrics, but not close enough yeah. to get sued. Alright, nope. so Time Jam, we played technically once before, uh, but if you <laughs> check your heart spiritually, we have played this another time in, in, a, in a long lost episode, a mythical episode, one may say. <laughs> Which we love to say. We do love and to say. And talk about because it was a really good episode. Sorry, you guys will never get to hear it. Their best one yet. Yeah. All sixty All right. bald ladies out there. Uh, I'll really, I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. But Time Jam is a game, uh, sort of like, it's like uh, an imaginary draft that me and Gregory play, where we try to create the best possible team for uh, a sporting arrangement of our wants. Originally, we did a basketball team, a lot of the original Space Jam. On the last episode, mm -hmm. we did a hot dog eating competition where I believe Majin Buu was our captain. <laughs> yes. Skirting through the the thing where, sk skirting through my uh, my game rules just a little bit. <laughs> Mainly real people. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> but I mean, That's if not it's a real funny, rule, so it's okay. Whatever. Um, but today we are going to be constructing <laughs> a four-person spelling bee team. Now you'd be like, are there teams in spelling bees? I go, I don't know. I lost in a spelling bee. <laughs> I play, I was in there one time. I studied my ass off and I lost. It was the third grade. I've never stopped thinking about it. They asked me to spell <laughs> Adobe, like the clay. I'll never forget that word. 
<laughs> so I'm sitting there. I'm like, ah, oh A D O U G H B E E, because Adobe. <laughs> nope, that's not correct. Uh, and so I'm sitting there. Oh my my class wasn't. We did it in the the cafetorium, and and my class was watching <laughs> on our our class set TV in the classroom. So they're like, oh Nick, you can just stay and watch it. So I, the loser. Uh, the first one out walks down and I'm like I have to watch the rest of this live <laughs> and see all the words I would have spelled right because I've always been good at spelling as long as it's not the word separate can't do that one or Adobe apparently I can do Adobe now it's burned into my soul <laughs> and it's fucked I would have I would have been a professional speller if it wasn't for that <laughs> anyway oh boy uh, <laughs> Greg, and like that the... ends our time jam <laughs> sorry i like sort of lost my brains there so spelling bee team we have two two historical figures each we are going to create the best spelling team we think and we're going to decide between us who is the captain of our spelling team uh spelling mm -hmm. bees typically you know a per they they sit on a bunch of chairs and the, the judge will ask them to spell a word they have a chance to ask some questions about said word uh, use it in a sentence, what's the definition, language of origin, stuff like that. Uh, and you, they have one chance to spell it right. You know, you can't go backsies, which I think is a dumb rule. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that, that basic, fuck you, uh, that basically <laughs> <laughs> uh, sums up the rule. So Greg, would you like to get us started on our first member of the Spelling Bee team? Of course. Our first member is going to be Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer in her seminal role, seminal role Ooh. as Aquila from Aquila and the Bee. Oh. Best speller I've ever seen in my life. I tell you what, I tried looking up if Aquila and the Bee was based on an actual person and didn't find anything. But you know what? I'm going to assume that there's some basis of truth, as is in most stories. Aquila won her spelling bee, despite the ending of the movie in which, you know, she's like, oh, I don't want my enemy friend to get abused by their parent. I'm going to split the reward. <laughs> and I think that just shows a lot of great character. But she did win, and that's why I want her on our team. Aquila from Aquila and the Bee, a.k.a. Kiki Palmer. Nick, who's your second and or first draft pick? Oh, so... <laughs> uh, my first pick is so the biggest thing about spelling bees is the spell aspect so i was like who do i know that can do spells better than alistair crowley <laughs> <laughs> so alistair crowley oh you may know God. him as a famous uh i believe he was a, a satanist uh he was an occultist <laughs> at the very sure a ceremonial magician one may say uh, <laughs> uh yes i'm a ceremonial magician a frequent user of hallucinogenic drugs uh, so I think he can not own I think he can tap in to this otherworldly experience he's gained and and look into <laughs> and just you know get like a it's like you're spelling against like five people trying to go against Aleister Crowley because he or, or at least three people because he split himself into his ego the super ego and the id <laughs> I, I feel like it, I feel like anyone is just immediately in a you know a disadvantage because not only he's fucking intimidating but 
He was bisexual, and that does make him an icon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wrote the Book of the Law. You know, I knew he was familiar, that name. Mm-hmm. Alistair Crowley. Well, also, I'm happy to have him on the team, Nick. He also racist, I think. <laughs> was he? I thought uh, he I don't was know. actually very open about liked... women be, uh, taking control of themselves. He liked exotic women. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Not so, right, not his... so sure I want him on the team quickest with icon revoking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about? They will have separate rooms. <laughs> yeah, separate buildings. <laughs> <laughs> How about your your second person? My second pick is not a person. Nick, I think you saw this coming. It's, it's going to be Barry B. Vincent. Yeah. Uh, how predictable. <laughs> As played by Jerry Seinfeld. It's a B movie. Mm. You get it? Because mm. it's a spelling bee. He's a bee. Who would know more other than Aleister Crowley and Kiki Palmer? And he he also likes exotic women. Who, Jerry Seinfeld? Or no, the bee. Kiki Palmer. <laughs> oh. Flex a grown human lady. <laughs> I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Apparently, it's on Netflix. It's a great movie. Maybe I'll revisit it. It's like but I do remember. <laughs> it becomes a legal I do trauma. remember Barry B. <laughs> Barry B. Benson was an incredible speller in the film. And maybe that's just one of the eight movies, but I think it's enough to get us to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. That's why I want him on our team. My Go on. final member. I am picking Russian novelist Leo Tolstoy. What? I think Leo... That's a great choice. <laughs> Leo Tolstoy, one of the greatest literary minds of all time, at the very least <laughs> of Europe. Now, a lot of people don't know this. Leo Tolstoy, in his pastime, was an avid beekeeper. Which means he is at home with the bees. So not only does he have this vast literary knowledge, you know, he did, uh, was it War and Peace? Yeah, War and Peace. Yeah, War and Peace. Anna Karenina. Karenina. Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina. 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 Anna Karenina. Horrible movie. Anna Karenina. 1878, before movies were invented. The book. Horrible film adaptation. Oh. I also like uh, The Death of Ivan Illich. It's probably my favorite. It's his most accessible story, but it's also my favorite of his. Um, I think because he has all this knowledge, so he's got this mastery of the language. Plus, he, he's been around bees. So the biggest killer is not... <laughs> so the biggest killer at spelling bees is not not knowing how to spell something, unless you're me. Uh, Dobie. <laughs> it is the nervousness. It is being in front of all these people watching. It is the sweat dripping down your your brow. It's the bad microphone they use on purpose so you don't hear them clearly. <laughs> it's um sweaty mom spaghetti. Exactly. There's there's vomit on Leo Tolstoy already. Uh, <laughs> Tolstoy two. That's the one where uh, Sid's there. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you're just killing it today. Come on, uh, man. <laughs> Um, (laughs) phenomenal. (laughs) But Leo Tolstoy, I think he is, you know, he is Russian kind of stone-faced man. He's not going to be nervous. Akila may be a little nervous. I think she's got the spirit. Aleister Crowley, you know, after about an hour, the sweats start happening. (laughs) All the drugs he's on. All the drugs, Uh, Barry B. Benson is a bee. They don't live very long. That's why we (laughs) need the Iron Man himself, Leo Tolstoy. 
I 100% agree. I think Leo Tolstoy <laughs> should be our team leader. He was a beekeeper, apparently. Exactly. He can keep track of Barry B. Benson. And, ooh, even... And a, oh, amazing. And Akila, I mean, like I said, I say she won, but on record, she tied. So oh. I don't want her making the final call when it's like, oh, the other person's going to get beat by their dad if they lose. I don't know. I want to fucking win. Let's bring a trophy home. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure Aleister Crowley wants a trophy as well. Did Leo Tolstoy... What, was his Were his works translated, or did he write them in English? I believe he wrote them in Russian, and they were translated That might English. cripple us a little bit, but I still think he should but be... But Russian English. language still uses English letters. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> They're just kind of silly looking. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad we agreed this time, Dave. That's a good one. I was expecting fast. you to, to fight on that one. I'm glad that, oh, we, no. that we agreed. <laughs> as long as it's not Aleister Crowley <laughs> or Akila, I'm going to tie the B. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that was incredible. Amazing. What a good round. Thank you. That was our time gem. Yep. Our team, Akila, played by Kiki Palmer from Akila and the Bee. We have real life mm -hmm. occultist, the master of spells, Alistair Crowley. <laughs> we have tiny little fella Barry B. Benson, played by the worst part of Seinfeld, the TV show. <laughs> and of course, we have the seminal no uh, novelist, Leo, Leo fucking Tolstoy. Tolstoy, our captain. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, Prospector Pete. <laughs> kind of looked like Tolstoy. <laughs> All right, that fair, was fair. a really fun round. Dare I say, better than the the one we lost, maybe. <laughs> Possibly. You'll never know. Possibly. Yeah, you'll you won't. <laughs> so, sorry. We've done our three games today. This brings us to the end of our little segment our show today with a little part we like to call Endnotes. Endnotes. We're going to the Endnotes. Leo said bring the Endnotes. Yeah. Our classic Endnotes jingle never changes, always the same. <laughs> uh, Gregory, would you that like... That one might have been, actually. <laughs> I said Leo Tolstoy. I hope I didn't say that last episode. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. Uh... Yes, Nick, I would like to start us <laughs> off. I'm going to start our end notes by recommending the film that I watched recently, Horns. Ooh! Nick, have you seen Horns? I love Horns. What a great movie. Dude. Good oh, book, too. I, Hill, son of Stephen King. So, as Nick said, the novel that Horns is based off of is a Joe Hill novel, which is the pseudonym for Stephen King's son, uh, Joe King 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 Hill King also known as Joe Hill when he's writing, because he doesn't want to just get all of his, you know, merit from his father's name. Mm -hmm. uh, but we all know what his pen name is, so you know, I don't know how far <laughs> that la long. how long that lasted. Five yeah, years exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm here talking about Horns today because I watched it. It's on Netflix. I don't know how much longer it'll be on there because I had it on my watch list for a very long time. Maybe longer than a year. So maybe it's numbers up, but if you get the chance, 
I definitely recommend Horns. It's got Danny Radcliffe dressed up as Wolverine. He's got the yellow. He's got the brown. <laughs> he's got the horns that look like the hair. He looks like Wolverine. It's like an audition tape. Uh, at least, uh, you know, wardrobe-wise. But he's in it. It's essentially about Daniel Radcliffe being blamed for the death of his girlfriend, a would-be fiancé he was going to propose. Uh, spoilers, but he gets into that pretty quick. And it's pretty obvious that he loves her that much anyways. <laughs> Which is what makes it so real. But <laughs> this movie <laughs> is incredible. It's super funny. It's really well thought out plot-wise. Uh, there's something that's kind of like... There's a plot device that exists primarily just so the movie doesn't end 30 minutes in. But <laughs> I can forgive that because the rest of the movie, him going up to people with his horns compelling them to essentially voice their deepest desires and their darkest uh, darkest desires is really entertaining it's funny most of the time sometimes it's like cringe funny like say when you go to your parents house and you hear what they really think about you but there's also a lot of uh, great personality to the film you know there's two officers of the law there's uh his brother who's a musician there's a waitress who wants to be famous <laughs> nailed it and <laughs> it's just seeing daniel radcliffe interact with all these different characters with his horns and compelling them to do the right thing which is be truthful which no one in this town wants to do it's very interesting it's very beautiful to watch the cinematography is nice and man when you get into the third act it's just fucking balls to the wall it's so you don't, you good. don't expect when the third act happens it comes <laughs> out of nowhere and then you're like okay you're oh, in oh man <laughs> exactly cool. it throws you in at a fucking speedball's pace and ah, it's just it's so good if you guys if you guys like gothic film this is a must see i think it's weird. I feel like everyone I've talked to or mentioned this movie to is like, oh yeah, I love that movie, but no one recommended it to me. So I'm going to take this platform and use it to recommend a film that I think everyone should see, which is Horns. It's a good time. The love story will make you cry. It made me cry, at least. And yeah, it's you just got to watch it. You got to watch it. Nick, you like Horns. What else do you like this week? I would like to recommend the book... There is a movie based on it, but I'm going to talk about the book today. A Monster Calls. Bye. Sorry, I had a hiccup there. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Ness, and uh, the cover is on by Jim Kay, and the cover is very important. He's the illustrator. A fucking phenomenal. But it's from an idea by uh, Siobhan Dowd, who I believe is a deceased... Uh, a, a writer yeah 2007 she passed away 2007 also the year Joe Hill revealed himself to be King's son oh huh. yeah don't fact check that 10 years he lasted <laughs> which is you know it's better than I would have done so this story yeah. is from the the perspective of it's written by Siobhan Dowd who wrote this while she had cancer so this wow. is one of the movies where cancer manifests as a metaphor. We'll find out what that metaphor is in just one second. 
So the story is this 13-year-old, Connor O'Malley, he is being bullied at school. He's British, so everyone's, you know, they all talk funny. Call us. They call us. <laughs> they call us in the movie. They call his mom a slaphead, which just means someone with bald hair. Uh, which is your first kind of, okay. which is your first kind of sneak peek into the fact that mothers got cancer. It's a clever if way you of know doing the it. Slang. For yeah, if you know the slang, which I which I appreciate. So the mother is suffering from cancer, and she's really trying. And Connor is this thirteen-year-old who's really struggling with having to deal with not only his parents having cancer, but everyone at the school knows his mom has cancer. So everyone's walking around him and he feels way more isolated. He feels isolated on both fronts, both at his house and in school. And this manifests in this nightmare he has, this reoccurring nightmare where he's, it doesn't go into, into details in the book, which is a strength of it. It's with, the quote is on here, um, the one with the darkness and the wind and the screaming. And that's how it's described. A little less subtle in the movie, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it manifests like that. And he has that reoccurring. I don't know if it's every night, but it's almost every night. And so he dreads going to sleep. Eventually, one of these days, he wakes up seven minutes after midnight, recurring time. In, the, in their backyard, there's this big graveyard overlooked by this yew tree, which is a big, dense tree and it comes to life as this gigantic terrifying grizzled old man who tears open his house and and goes into him and basically says i am going to tell you three stories and on that and on the fourth time i arrive you will tell me a story back if not i'm going to eat you so Connor's like, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Maybe not as, as crass. But he's like, oh, this is, you know, bullshit. And so the, the monster tells him three stories. And as the life goes on, three different nights, um, these stories, it's pretty easy to tell how they relate to what's going on with his life. There's one where there's a very obviously wicked, wicked witch. And so Connor always assumes, you know, the wicked witch is wicked, so she's got to be the one that's evil. And he's like, no, that's not actually what happens. And each of the movie, each of the stories has a twist at the end of it, trying to teach him a lesson which he's inherently resistant to. I won't spoil any more of the, the information. I've already given a, a good bit, but I think that's enough to grab you. It's like... Not a long book, not a long read, but it's fucking gorgeous. It's what got me back into reading. And you guys have heard I talk about books a good deal. Uh, this was a couple years ago. My friend let me borrow it, and I was just fucking instantly in love with it. And part of that is the illustrations. This book is illustrated. Uh, you'll get pictures of the monster, of the, of the mess that the monster leaves, because the monster doesn't clean up after himself most of the time. You get to see uh, interpretations of the stories, and it's ex extremely, like, it's this rough, sketchy, visceral art style. And that, like, has lasted with me forever, which the movie doesn't kind of translate very well. It's very clean in the movie. <laughs> but uh, this is a very touching story, just like a twist of dark fantasy, a little bit of horror, but not enough that horror haters can't enjoy this. I've talked a little bit too much about it. It is mwah, chef's kiss. Go find this book, put on a little, put on your campfire, 
your fireplace and just kind of have a good time. Read it and just just in, in, listen to this this nice story. Thank you, Nick. Man, that sounds really good. You know, I, I personally am not a huge fan of the movie. I didn't like the movie. Uh, everyone I talked to seemed to like it. I didn't. But you make the book sound like 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 50 times better. I jump from 10 to 20 to 50 without even saying the 10 to 20. <laughs> so I might check that one out. Thank you. All right. I appreciate that. I, I hope you let us know if you ever do. Right now, this is brings us to our final little road bump on the on, on our show, the social media <laughs> plugging portion. I never get it wrong. I always do it right. You can find me on Instagram 100%. at nicholas.roy.morgan. I, I, I said it earlier. I'll say it again right here. <laughs> and then on Twitter, you can Excellent. find me at PLSS. The L is lowercase. Looks like an I. Kind of looks like it says Dr. Piss. You can find me at Grecobo or Grecobo. G-R-E-C-O-B-O. Uh, if you just search that up on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, you'll find my profiles and, of course, Mixmatch Media on Instagram specifically. Post funny bits up there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you'll think they're funny too. I think they're pretty funny. Really. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty good. And if, uh, both of our letterboxed, letterboxed Ds are also in the uh, description of the podcast if you guys want to check out our silly thoughts on silly movies <laughs> like horns and a monster calls and that brings us to the end of our show i'd like to thank you all for for coming with us once more listening to our show we always appreciate it we love recording this we hope the six russian bald women who are listening are really <laughs> having a wonderful time as well hope you can understand us. if not that might be racist uh <laughs> thanks thanks for coming on this journey but is it i hope invite your friends to listen and if you have any questions that you'd like to hear us answer on a future show hit us at morebowl831 at gmail.com we're always looking forward we've got zero of them so far so uh <laughs> we're not above faking them not at all babushka is an old woman or grandmother i know not racist. I think it's racist <laughs> towards the Russians. Anyway. That's our audience base. <laughs> All I'm saying, Greg, <laughs> me. I'm on a I'm on a roll. All I'm saying. <laughs> Go ahead. So if I don't steal your valor, who will? <laughs> Thanks for listening again. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. And as always, drive safe. Thank you.